Could you turn your life around with a holistic healthcare scholarship? Do you need guidance and the finances to improve your health and confidence from the right personal trainer, mental health counselor, or registered dietitian? Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for fitness, nutrition, and mental health care to improve the overall health of our community. Health Possible Inc. has been providing Wilmington's original wellness financial aid and care coordination since 2017, ready to help you by a simple application process at healthpossibleinc.org. If you are dependent in any aspect of your health, visit healthpossibleinc.org today and learn how we can be more independent together. Remember, life gets better when you do. I'll talk to you later. I love you. I miss you. I love you very much. I'll just call and tell you that I love you. Good luck. I love you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 1067 FM, The Big Talker. Happy Friday, everybody. So excited to be here again. We have completely revamped the show for you, and I'm going to preface and outline all the topics that we'll be hitting consistently every single week for you all. The first topic every week is industry news story. Uh, so that will include a local health wellness or a local business entrepreneurship story, as well as a national version of that. The second segment every week will be management moment of the week. I will talk about my management moments of the week. We will have another business manager talk about their management moment of the week. And then we'll bring on an employee from anywhere in the world of any company in the world to give us as managers feedback. The next segment will be crazy talk, which are my crazy solutions to things in the passing day. No logistics, just ideas I come up with that I want guests to be able to take and run with or provide feedback on. Let's help grow this community together, right? Uh, Next topic will be why you have the time. Because you do. So I'll bring on a guest every week who is trying to accomplish a goal and I will help them to accomplish that goal on air through time management. Then I'll bring on a guest from the previous week and see how far they've come in accomplishing that goal that we did talk about on air previously. The final segment every week you will hear is old young people and young old people. So old young people will be stories about wise, successful young people, whereas Young old people will be stories about impressively active older people. And when I say older, really, I'm going to go for just older than me, however old I am at the time. And today, it's not my birthday, but I'm 27. So again, guys, welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. We have a line of guests coming up for you. But first, let's start with this local news story, a local health and wellness news story. I've got on my Marathon Madness t-shirt right now, and I've, I've been on the Marathon Madness committee for the last three years here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it's a really great race. It's the marathon, the half marathon, there's relays as well, uh, and then there is the 5K and the one mile, and I captain the 5K and put that on uh, underneath Without Limits and Tom Clifford, and it is the new Hanover Regional Medical Center, Wilmington Marathon, um, so... Being that I've helped with that, I find it to be uh, great news to tell everybody about next year's marathon plant. So on the marathon website, you can go to wilmingtonncmarathon.com to get these updates. The 11th annual 
NHRMC Wilmington Marathon is scheduled for February 27th, 2021. Now, in previous years, we had been doing it uh, in March, but that has been moved back to February. So it says here on the website, we are excited to move our race three weeks earlier so that runners have a chance for ideal running weather in southeastern North Carolina in late February. Average temps are in the 50 to 58 degree range, so you can bet on superb conditions. Our 2020 race was canceled due to COVID-19, and all of our participants that were registered had the choice to run virtually or register for the 2021 race at a $0 fee. I think that's fantastic. I really do. You get to run in 2021 for free if you paid for 2020, so that means the race will only be tenfold the size it was the year prior because all these people will be doubled up in one year. So moving on, the deadline for all deferred registrations into the 2021 event is August 31st, 2020. Guys, that is this month. Your deadline for this is this month, August 31st, 2020. After August 31st, 2020 participants will no longer be able to use their reserved entry. All runners can run the 11th annual event virtually from March 2020 through February 27th, 2021. If you run virtually, you will have your 11th annual t-shirt and medal that runners will receive on February 27th, 2021 mailed to you. Then the story ends with, come run one of the fastest courses on the East Coast, starting in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, finishing downtown Wilmington, North Carolina. This is a great alternative, guys, with coronavirus. I'm really proud of my team at Wilmington Marathon Madness. And without limits, this committee has worked so hard every year. And this race is huge. I mean, if you've seen it, you know there's thousands of people mobbing the streets of Wilmington for this marathon half. It's two days. Usually, uh, I believe we have compiled it into one day now. But previously, the marathon and the half were one day of course, along with the relays, and typically another day was the 5K and the one mile, which my whole team uh, covered with volunteers and participants and sponsors and so forth. Um, so moving on to, that was our local our local health wellness business story of the week. So moving on to our national business story of the week. The National Institute of Health has recently released a story about their small business funding. So, and they highlight North Carolina here uh, and something that they've helped us with. So the story is over 1 billion in annual investments drive critical biomedical innovation and discovery. So the National Institute of Health is funding small businesses through their grants and this new interactive mapping tool uh, from the NIH showcases just some of the many small businesses that have developed successful healthcare products with the help of the NIH small business funding, which totals over 1 billion annually. Okay, so highlighting 50 plus small businesses across the United States, the interactive map links to the story behind healthcare products and services that the NIH small business program has supported. Okay, so for example, 
Um, the small business funding that they provide recently helped set the stage for biomedomics uh, of North Carolina to pivot from a rapid blood test for diagnosing sickle cell disease to a rapid COVID-19 blood test. And this is the test that provides results within 15 minutes. So again, this is in North Carolina. And the company recently teamed up with BD, a global medical technology company, to distribute the test in the U.S., pending authorization by the Food and Drug Administration. Okay, guys, so I'm getting this right off the NIH.gov website. Uh, this is, again, a story about a new interactive mapping tool that helped with, or I'm sorry, small business funding that helped with biomedomics in North Carolina for this 15-minute COVID-19 blood test. Uh, very interesting. The tool also can help find, can help users find stories by stage of development funding institute woman or minority owned businesses and more it says investor and i quote investors can get a good understanding for how nih involvement strengthens cutting edge tech cutting edge technologies that move toward improved patient access well entrepreneurs my favorite word can be inspired by the successes of their peers Additionally, congressional representatives can find NIH-funded small business successes in their own state or district using the filters. The 50 stories are just the start. Stories will be added regularly, regularly to highlight NIH-supported small businesses that are changing people's lives. This is a great story. I wanted to share that national news story. Got this straight from the NIH website and how they've impacted North Carolina immediately. The first story out about this mapping tool, this interactive mapping tool. I'll bring you a local and national news story about health, wellness, business, and this one just happened to have all my favorite things, health, wellness, business, and entrepreneurship, um, and even, you know, that slight little nonprofit grant aspect there, all my favorite things in one story. So moving forward this week, we will move on to management moment of the week. I've spent my entire life trying to help people, family, friends, and total strangers. Many times when people did not even want it, uh, doing so has ended in great stories and bad stories for me. I've had people who have changed so much that I could peacefully leave Earth today and know that my work here was done. And on the other side of that coin, I've lost lifelong best friends over it. So I'm going to open my podcasting with why I am crazy enough to never stop doing that regardless of my outcomes. And I encourage you to take that risk with me. So believe it or not, all people want to do better in life. Yep, all of them. All people want to have more energy. They want to be more motivated. They want to be magnetized to their dreams and take action on them. Uh, so now, how, how crazy can I be to tell you that everyone wants that? Even the homeless people in your town, even addicts that so many of us are related to. Uh, some of you are probably thinking, yeah, well, she's never been downtown in my town. Or this girl has never met my friends or family. Yada, yada. The fact is... I say all people because for one small moment in time of anyone's entire lifespan, they did at one point in time or will at some point in time want to be or do better at something. I personally live in the mindset that if I catch someone on the right day, I can help them be that better person they are wanting to be. So sure, maybe not all people want to do better in life on this day, 
But whether it happened when they were 5, 15, 50, 105, any person you're thinking of made or will make an effort in their life to be better at something. As a social influencer of any kind, you are someone's friend, family member, maybe you're a counselor, a teacher, a coach. It's up to you to help people find that day. Catch them on that day and then help them on that day. So whether you like it or not, you influence people around you and you don't get a say unless you're never going to see another human again, right? So with that kind of responsibility, you might as well give people your best foot forward at all times. The problem is with people who don't want to get better today is that they are, imagine this, they are in this tiny aisle between two fences. On the side of the left fence, they already tried and they failed and they're not taking that failure well. And they got over that failure fence and now they're just sitting there. On the other side of the right fence, uh, they've not been faced with the want, that desire feeling yet or again And they can't see what it's like on the other side of the right fence yet. So the left side of the fence is burnt land. And the right side of the fence is endless flowery meadows. This is an aisle with two fences. Right side, flowers, left side, burned. So trust me, my personal success rate in helping others uh, through the companies that I manage and then in my everyday life is primarily when the people have already made it into the, you know, over into the flowery meadow mindset. I get success rate when they already want to be there. But most often in reality, given my profession, I come across people who are stuck between the two fences. All they remember is a forest fire and they have a clue that there's a meadow over the right side fence. Uh, and this is my life math to helping people. This becomes a professional helping people game of how can I make them see through this solid fence just a glimpse of one single flower so they at least know that I'm not lying to them. Uh, I do not need people to trust me. I don't need any of these people to trust me. I just need them to not doubt that there is a meadow. Uh, If they do trust me, way better ballgame, obviously, but also not what I'm trying to accomplish. The game is that once you can build their visual on the right side of the fence to become so vivid and so bright that they just want to see through the fence. They want to see through it. They become curious of what's actually over there and they will do one of two things. One, they will either start doing their own research with other people who have tried to climb the fence with you and see if you're full of it. Um, This typically means they still doubt that there's a meadow a little bit, but at least you've got their attention. Or two, They will believe you, and they'll start trying to climb the fence and see it for themselves. To me, if they do either of those things, I've won. If I have someone's attention, they are subconsciously entertaining change and improvement, and they're enticed by it. I may not get them that day, but sooner or later, they will talk to someone who got over the fence with me, and they will come back. Or... They will start climbing the fence, and I'm going to continue giving them the ladders I've found and built to get over it. Mind you, people between the fences still lack something during these phases of their life. Uh, It's as if, 
it's like each minute passes by and quickly becomes a week. Uh, These people usually find themselves in a fog, confused, paralyzed, frozen. They're just stuck in place where any kind of movement or organization process is exhausting. These people need clarity. They need their life organized for them at first, and that's where they can begin. When someone can show someone their life from the outside looking in, and clearly, in a way where accomplishing all of it is suddenly attainable, they quickly learn that they're capable of little things. Over time, little things snowball into big things. So I was one of these people. Every now and then, I still find myself between two fences and I've got to get over one. Um, But someone in college helped me when I was paralyzed. I was crying that day and I was in a fog. Uh, And that day, she became really, really serious, and she helped me decide between a shower, a meal, or sleep. And this is something where I could normally only choose one. Uh, She did actually help me choose more than one in a single day. And the small thing quickly became multiple days, quickly became a few years, quickly became my bachelor's degree, uh, which then snowballed into jobs and opening my own company. I've revolved my life and then my company cultures around helping people on the days that they are ready to be helped. So since today, since today cannot be everyone's day, I remain ready to always help someone whatever day they decide that may be. I encourage you to also be ready to help someone every day. Okay, time for crazy talk. So I went home to New York for a week, a little less than a week actually last week, and every single time I rest my brain, my mind actually just goes wild with problem solving. I mean, I swear if I get alone, that is just the absolute birth of all of my enlightenment. So I went home to New York and I was really, really motivated to revitalize my entire hometown. Um, which unfortunately in upstate New York is mainly abandoned and condemned in 2020. So I developed this business investment program called Entrepreneur Gate. Maybe I'll share it with you guys sometime, but that's a teaser for now. Anyway, while I was home, uh, I thought of doing this crazy thing called the crazy talk and these segments where crazy talk is just me hopping on my social media And I just start videoing myself word vomiting all of my ideas all day and people can just take them and run with them. Except for Entrepreneur Gate because that's a really good idea and I had people willing to invest a lot of money in that. So I'm going to hang on to that one uh, for now. But here's my crazy talk segment today and it might not be correct at all, okay? Take everything I say with a grain of salt because my crazy talk knows no logistics. Uh, It's immediate, it's quick, it's fast. It's just surface problem solving in any passing day. So I came up with this one yesterday. Why aren't all of thing all the things government provided for people also a forceful positive education process mandated for everybody? So for example, public schools are government owned, right? So through our taxes, these kids are learning. 
that's great, right? We need school. <laughs> People need to be educated. And if you go to a state with a really great education, a really great top education, you're also going to have really high taxes. If you've got kids in school, I think that's fine and great. But why isn't everything government provided like that? Right? We're forcing people into independency and we're forcing people's mindsets um, from an early age to be educated and want more for themselves. So why can't we do that at all ages? I don't believe old dogs cannot learn new tricks. They can. Everybody can learn at all times. We learn until we die. And if we don't, we've wasted our life. I read something the other day that said, if somebody thinks the same way at 50 as they did at 30, then they've wasted 20 years of their life. Okay? So, crazy talk. Public housing. Why isn't public housing, as soon as you go into it, right? And I don't hate on public housing. Like, we need all of these things. But these things are important. But when you apply for them or you get enrolled into them or you're a part of them, like public housing, why isn't public housing a learning process where you're actually tested and evaluated and forced to take care of that house? Right? There should be some kind of government employee or probation type officer showing up to your house, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, and passing or failing you based on how well you took care of that home. I mean, if you need a house provided to you by the government, I would imagine you can't get one yourself or take care of one yourself. And again, that's fine, but let's teach you how to take care of that. Let's make you a more responsible, more contributing part of society. Not to mention, how much would that clean up those areas from a behavioral standpoint, right? And, and feeling safe in those areas and things are well kept and people have pride in their home no matter what kind of money you have. It does not matter how much money you have or how you live. There's no excuse for filth. There's no excuse for, you know, just, again, that lack of pride and that lack of care. We can change these people's minds through educating them. And my crazy talk was that public housing, just like school, should be one of those things. All right, let's move on. Something else that's government provided. Unemployment, welfare, food stamps, right? We pay into these things, but can you be made into doing volunteer work or community service in exchange for uh, government financial assistance, direct paychecks, right? We make prisoners clean the highways. Why can't regular people who are not criminals, who are already getting paid and getting checks at home, also be doing that? Why can't they do that? I think they can, right? This is my crazy talk. (laughs) Again, these are fast thoughts, you know, just in the passing day. They have no logistics. Um, They know no logistics. I just am coming up with these things as I go. If I had to compare uh, this whole thought process, this whole crazy idea to anything where all public and government assistance also forces you into passing and failing things, um, giving you an education and forcing you to have pride, positive mindset, making you a responsible, contributing part of society. Uh, If I had to compare it to anything, I was basically on a full ride to college. Because I was broke. And that's fine. But they made me do community service in exchange for it. That changed my life. And it's kind of the same thing. I went to a private school. I was given a boatload of money to go there. And because of that, I was forced to do all of these extra things. That's a good thing. And I should have to. I should have to earn my way. 
I was being given an opportunity in life and I had to prove myself. They don't come for free. I was required to work to earn these private dollars, right? These privately donated dollars. Why can't this be a public assistance rule as well? It changed my life for the better. I don't even know where I would be without that part of my life. I mean, I've said that a thousand times over on air and I'll say it again. Maybe it's crazy talk. Maybe it's genius. I don't really know. Uh, You get to perceive this however you want, right? Perception of reality. Uh, Your perception of me will definitely have a little reflection on you, but I understand what I could be saying is totally crazy as well. Um, I'm a firm believer. Degrade is not leadership, right? Hate doesn't get us any further. So don't hate on people's ideas. Just help improve them. Take them to the next level. Contribute with good thought. If you have thoughts about my idea on public and government assistance, which I'm sure has overload amounts, uh, way too many logistics to add to it. But if you have thoughts about this, I'd love to hear them. Find me on social media. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. And my username on everything is S-A-R-A-A-U-L-D as in dog, as every very professional person would say on the phone. So S-A-R-A-A-U-L-D. New segment, new segment, new segment. Why you have the time because you do. Metacognition. Have you ever heard this word before? I have not. I read a whole article about it. So it's actually, it's part of your intelligence. But all metacognition means is whether or not you think about thinking. Metacognition means thinking about thinking. So Do you think about the way that you think? This is just another way of saying, do you know your own strategies? Do you understand how you strategize? Um, Can you recognize the way you strategize? And do you ever leave those current comfort zones, the ones you're currently using, and try to develop new strategies? So metacognition, for example, If you're managing a company and you're performing a task one way, how often do you think about all of the creative ways you can perform that same task just more efficiently? And do you think about how efficient you can make your life? Okay, this all ropes back to time management, and at least to me, life is time management, okay? So... Recently, I've said I really want to turn my show into this live time management show where you can call in and goal set or, you know, call in and tell me what goals you have in life. You know, any kind of uh, hindering your happiness is facing or uh, any way your happiness is hindered, I guess is the better way to say that. And we can determine entirely through time management and what I would now say metacognition we can use all that to help you get there again find me on social media if you think that this would be something that truly benefits you talking to me on the air about time management and how i've overcome obstacles in my life let me know shoot me a message shoot shoot me a a direct message private message whatever it's going to be happy to help you guys with that i think the whole point in my problem solving all the time is to find ways Uh, for places and people and businesses to become self-sustainable. That means financially sustainable. That means mentally um, sustainable. I came up with a thought on my way home 
for example, about, you know, being mentally sustainable. So how exhausting is it to goal set big goals, right? Career goals or romantic goals or, you know, moving goals, travel goals, whatever it might be. When we set large goals, we typically make them these big bang aha moments, right? And then we get to that moment in life. We're finally there and it's great and we're on top of the world. And then 30 seconds later, the decline starts, right? That's really frustrating and it's exhausting because we go from one massive goal to the next. And I'll be frank, sometimes life just feels like it sucks in between. It does. However, it's not realistic, right? So sustainability, I'm trying to make my own life and all my own businesses as sustainable as possible from all these perspectives. So I thought, well, setting large goals might not be sustainable. We need them to a degree, but are they realistic from a happiness perspective? I personally don't think they are. You know, maybe they are for some people, but they're not for me. So if you can relate to me and setting massive goals week after week, month after month, year after year is not for you, let me put this in perspective for you real fast. Why don't we set a goal of our dream 12 hours? What's your dream routine? You know, if you could have anything you wanted in life, and big goals can kind of wrap around this, what do those big goals look like in small pieces? Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down a notch. Let's get off, get off the castle and come down to where you spend most of your time, which is not at the top balcony. It's usually around the living rooms and the kitchens and the bedrooms, right? All the little rooms in between where you, you're not looking at the whole world from, this, from the roof every day. What's your dream routine? What's your dream 12 hours? Mine, I'll share mine. Mine is I wake up, and, and this is difficult, but I do dream of this. I do love this lifestyle because I peaked as a human when it was happening. So bear with me. Sounds crazy. My dream 12 hours is waking up with zero problem at 4 o'clock or 4.30 in the morning every single day. Um, at that time, I would have my coffee calmly. I would do what I need to do. I would go for my run or have my workout for the next hour. Take a shower and get ready for my day. Look professional the way I want to look. Um, I would say by now it's probably 6.30 in the morning and I would have my breakfast at home, not eat out. From there, my dream job. My dream job, I'm, I'm currently doing it right now. I think I'll be a talk show host for the rest of my life and in my retirement because I have a dream of impacting and influencing people every single day, whether I can see you or not, because I know I hear from you guys. I hear from you guys all the time and it's fantastic. Um, so talk show hosting could either come next or my work at Health Possible. I would love to have Health Possible for the rest of my life. And be able to touch lives from behind the scenes all day. Um, I do want to actually have a hand in it, right? I love knowing the clients. I get to be really integrated with them. So wake up, coffee, exercise, shower, look professional, work very hard. 
I'd love to come home every single night and have a homemade meal and time to make dinner with my family. This includes husband, children, dog, you know, whoever's in the picture. I'm less concerned about, you know, factually having marriage, factually having kids, just however my life works out romantically, I kind of let that be the most free and take control over my career. That's, that's my personal mindset and preferences. Um, I'm just more free-spirited when it comes to my social life and it is what it is. But my family is important and they're going to be where I end my day every single day for a handful of hours, three hours. And then I'd go to bed and wake up and do it all over again. That's my dream routine. Big bang moment. I find that realistic too, just by the way. Realistic moments, or I'm sorry, big bang moments, which I guess are still realistic. Big bang moments I set in between those are things like owning a business, having it financially sustainable. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't want to be, you know, Forbes 30 under 30 in the next three years. That's been a goal of mine since I was 23 or 24. And it actually became a goal of mine because somebody told me I could be back then. And I've kind of had my mind geared toward it since. But that's a personal selfish goal of mine. Um, again, <laughs> the, the glory of it might go away in 30 seconds. But I'd really enjoy feeling vetted in the business community in that kind of way. Another big bang moment for me. Of course I want to get married. I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm generalizing myself. I'm a female. I want to get married. I want to have kids. That's a goal of mine. Um, another big bang moment, owning a home. I want to own a home. My boyfriend and I own our home right now, but if you're going to be really technical, it's his home. I want to own a home too. That's a big financial goal of mine. Um, I'd like to own a home and give it to my parents. I have a big bang moment of buying a house and giving it to my parents. So I just want you all to apply this to yourself. So if setting these big bang moments is exhausting, you know, you can't dwell on them. You work at them and the end result will be what it is. You can't guarantee anything, but you work at it. So since you can't guarantee the end results, I can guarantee you your everyday lifestyle and routine. And you need to set a goal for what that everyday lifestyle is. That's attainable. And it'll make you happy. All right, guys. Old, young people and young old people. Again, what does this mean? So... Old young people means an old wise soul of a young person and successful stories about young people. And I'm going to start with that. I have a feeling these are going to become my favorite segments of every show, if not crazy talk, where I just get to go off the wall with my ideas and problem solving. But really special guest on today for our old soul young person and that would be my friend Brittany Wheeler living in Austin, Texas. She is such a successful 27 year old woman. Three different jobs I can relate well because hey me too. (laughs) Um, She is going to talk all about her experiences from her nine to five to her side gigs to what her goals are. So I asked Brittany a list of questions. You know, what is your current role and company right now? And would you consider this your nine to five? And this is what she said. My current role and company that I work at right now is All Web Leads based in Austin, Texas. They're an insurance aggregator and I manage their entire affiliate marketing program. So this is definitely my nine to five, um, my full-time career. And yeah, that's where I'm at currently. 
Now, this is what is so great about young people doing big things with these old souls that make them so driven and motivated. So that's Brittany's nine to five and it's an intense job. She's handling stakeholders all day. So then I asked her what her favorite career move she's working on right now because as great of a job as that is, sometimes it's just not enough because us young people want to get somewhere. And this is what Brittany's working on right now. So my favorite career move I'm currently working on right now is getting my 500-hour yoga teacher training. So as you know, Sarah, when we were in college, I was the captain of the dance troupe team, and I grew up dancing since the age of three. Um, And after college, you know, dance just wasn't in the books for me, so I started taking yoga classes, and that was just a natural progression for what I wanted to do. And I got really interested. You know, I was working full-time marketing in marketing back in New York City, Um, but I I decided to complete my 200-hour teacher training back in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I would work nine to five, Monday through Friday, New York City at Mediacom, the marketing agency side, and then I'd drive up to Worcester, Massachusetts to my home roots and jump into yoga teacher training. And this is where I got my 200-hour, which is vital to be a teacher anywhere you basically get the criteria to learn the poses and learn the history of yoga, the philosophy and all of that good stuff. And that really gave me the back study to get interested in being a yoga teacher. So currently in Austin, Texas, um, I decided to jump into my 500 hours. So what that basically looks like is I'm in a 300 hour teacher training and in total I'll be a 500 registered yoga teacher trainer. And now this is just the next step in that career where I can basically teach anywhere I want. I have, you know, an abundance of information regarding somatic awareness, the yoga poses, everything outside of yoga, um, covering Sanskrit, um, you know, the language of yoga, the philosophy, meditation, all of that good stuff that really people don't realize. So I want to start moving into more of that awareness and bringing people to really understand, you know, yoga is not just a, a, a practice on the mat that you need to do. It's, it's more than that. And that's my goal. All right. All right. So that just goes to prove a little bit to me. And of course, you know, I'm fulfilling my own biases here, but as a health and wellness entrepreneur and somebody who wants that market to thrive, I mean, health possible is pivoting right now. We relaunch our new brand, uh, by September 1st of this year at the latest. And then we relaunch our entire company by November. And I can't wait to show you all what it is, but point being, we are relaunching because Health and wellness is the future and the way of the world and the way of medicine, the way us young millennials, and really I would think people anywhere from teens to their early 30s right now, we think of movement and diet and all of that as medicine. It's kind of ironic how we're going back in time and bringing old traditions uh, to the future and, and trying to make this the primary care. So even somebody like Brittany with a fantastic job um, and she's so successful wants to be in the health and wellness world and she wants to promote that. And no matter how great our jobs are, there's so many of us health and wellness entrepreneurs out there uh, and trainers and coaches and dietitians and so forth trying to become part of health and wellness because it's what's important. It's what fulfills us. It's what makes us feel good. So I feel that Brittany is, of course, you know, part of 
my world in that way. Uh, no matter where we work, you know, that's what we want to do and we'll do it full time at some point. So then I asked Brittany, are you trying to do um, one of them full-time, which she just went over, and what mo- what motivates you um, to be so driven at your age? And Brittany's currently 27, so I asked her, what motivates you at this age? Um, have you always been this way? Where did you learn these leadership skills? And this is what she said. The goal is definitely to have my own yoga studio at some time, and not necessarily within the next five years, but I think down the road when I have that experience really under my belt with yoga is when I want to step into that zone. And something I haven't mentioned is I have a third business. Uh, It's a little smaller than the yoga and marketing career, but it's called Hand It by Brit. And basically that has just been something I established in 2016 when I was commuting from White Plains, New York into New York City, I started knitting on the train ride to pass the time. And this has been such a fun hobby of mine that really accumulated into a small business. So I started providing, or I started creating so many items when I was commuting that I started selling them at local events, especially at the yoga studio where I was doing my teacher training for Small Business Saturday. And that's really what took off my little Hand It by Brit business. Um, Since then, I've done a a handful of vendor events across Massachusetts, New York, and in Austin, Texas, where I reside now. And it's been such a fun, fun little hobby just to take, again, my pressure of my marketing career away from the computer and just make something creative with my hands and provide something warm to a a consumer that you know needs it or if they're gifting it to somebody else you know it just that hits home for me what motivates me to be so driven at the age of 27 I would say is my family dynamic Uh, my dad has ran his own business since he was a teenager and seeing him run his own business and be flexible with his schedule to be around his family is something that I want to provide one day to my family. So that's why I want to have my own business someday so I can be around my kids, be around my husband and, you know, everybody else and not have to be in a nine to five job in the office and have no flexibility. Another reason is that my mom is a teacher and she gives back to students and you know, I look at her and I think she's crazy that she teaches second grade students. Like, I don't have the patience for that, but I have the patience and I have the bandwidth to teach somebody yoga because that is something I'm passionate about. And I feel like I've got both of their kind of skill sets in me and I want to really express that in the career moves I do. Okay, Britt, time to tell them how you learned your leadership skills. And I have a story, and my boyfriend Travis has a story for this as well, actually. So I feel like I really learned my leadership skills growing up. You know, I was in dance classes right after school, um, maybe 15 to 20 hours a week growing up. And then once I hit high school, I started working part-time at rugby it was a Ralph Lauren store it's no longer open um they went bankrupt but I was working on my non-dance days 3 to 9 p.m my mom would drive me after school and I would work just to make a side income you know and I feel like I started learning 
how to multitask back in high school, you know, balancing the high school workload, balancing the dance life. I was competing, we were traveling, it was very demanding. And then I was working part time just to make some some money and learn what it is to be an adult, you know. So I feel like that definitely prefaced how I am today. And then in college, again, I was um, captain of the dance troupe team for two years, my junior and senior year. And that really showed me what it is to be a leader. And I reflect on that those memories and those that that time range very often in you know I was only 19 20 21 and it's a it's a young age to be a leader so I like to reflect back and really understand what I was doing then and how I could be a better leader today I would like to define today what being a leader means, right? It does not mean your title, it does not mean your position. This is not news to anybody. And I want stories in my inbox this week of where you learned your leadership skills from uh, or where you're currently about to learn them from if you're in a new endeavor and becoming a leader or, you know, finding yourself as a leader. So to me, being a leader is being able to go beyond taking care of yourself and to also be able to take care of other people. That's what being a leader is. It's not, And it's not just taking care. It's not just holding down the weight or you know, carrying the weight of other people. But it's being able to educate them and teach them at the same time. So if we can take care of ourselves and we can begin taking care of others, then we can also teach them how to take care of themselves. Right? Once we've nailed that, and again, this is in my opinion, but to me... Once we've nailed that skill and that task, we can allow others to do it as well and show them the ropes and teach them, you know, all the little things that made us be what we feel is successful. So again, I want to hear from everybody what their leadership, uh, where their leadership lessons came from. I'll tell a story about mine. So I grew up in small town, rural, upstate New York with two parents and two other siblings and my mom was a teacher's assistant in the schools I was in growing up, so my high school. Uh, and then my dad was a truck driver for 40 years. My parents did not let anybody feel sorry for themselves. And they also did not let you uh, waste time in the way that if you wanted something, there was no reason that you couldn't make it happen and you couldn't go get it. So it was on you to do so. I don't know why, but my siblings and I all grew up never asking anything of them. Uh, We didn't want for anything. We just wanted to participate because, participate in getting it and helping with it because my parents set an example of never sitting down. So I don't know if I'm just somebody who learns by visuals, but watching my parents be these two extremely go-getter no excuses, if you want to go get it type of people, I wanted to be like them. And sure, you know, part of that was they loved us and they were great parents, so I wanted to be like them. You know, they were wonderful people, so that helped. But it also really helped to watch two people practice what they preached. And to me, that was leadership. Leadership was practicing what they preach. So they preach, you work hard, you ask for nothing, um, you don't ask any strangers for help, you don't, you just, you don't ask strangers to do for you, you do for yourself. And you'll be proud of that, and you will have earned it, and it's worth it. 
So to watch them, you know, to hear them tell us that, but then to also go out and do it themselves uh, was really, really inspirational to me. And it taught me to, again, take care of myself, but to be a leader for other people and, you know, lead by example. This led to always focusing on my decisions, trying to make decisions that were only good and, you know, just nobody could get dirt on me in life, pretty much. Like, do things so that people can't tear you down. And even if they tried, you knew it wouldn't be true because you've led by example. There's a song by Michael Peterson, Drink, Swear, Steal, and Lie. I love that song. In that song, he talks about what his dad taught him. And that was that if you never lie, you can look the whole world in the eye. And that remind that reminds me of how my parents taught us. You know, if you do what's right, then you never have to sweat. My dad used to say to me all the time, he goes, Sarah, I can go to sleep every single night and close my eyes with fear and guilt of nothing. Imagine how guilty people feel. They stay lying awake at night that they've done something wrong or bad and they have to worry when they go to bed. I mean, that was such a deep thought. I had never thought about that. And all he's talking about is having a clear conscience and it's not just talking. It's doing the right thing all of the time when no one's looking at your integrity. No one's watching you and you still don't steal. No one's watching you and you still help somebody off the ground. Nobody's watching and you still, you know, you stay humble. Or this is where I learned my leadership skills from. I learned them from my parents in my home. I'd love to learn where you all learned your leadership skills from. I did uh, get to ask somebody today. So I asked the manager of Homeside Financial here in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a mortgage bank. Uh, He also happens to be my boyfriend, so it was very easy to get a quick interview with him. But I asked him where he learned his leadership skills from, and this is what he said. I was a intern um, from the University of Nebraska at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland, Oregon. Um, It has... 36 holes, two top 100 facilities, one private, one public. And my first day on the job, um, I met the general manager. His name was Dominic Marconi. And I walked up to Dom and I said, hey, how are you? My name's Travis. And he said, are you kidding me? I'm at Pumpkin Ridge. I'm incredible. And it, it made me pause. And I said, awesome, let's you know move on. He showed me how to do my job and introduced me to some people. Next day, I said Dom, I saw Dom again, and I said, hey, man, how are you today? And he goes, it's a beautiful day at Pumpkin Ridge, just like every day. I said, you're incredibly positive. And he said, I'm going to tell you two things about me. One, you will never hear me say I have a bad day, and if, I, if you do, I'll buy you lunch. Two, no one cares about your bad days. So at the end of my internship, it was fantastic. I learned a ton about leadership. But at the end of my internship, I walked up to Dom and I said, hey, I have to buy you lunch because you never told me you were having a bad day. And so we sat down, we had lunch and we talked about leadership and growth uh, throughout his career and how he got to the position that he currently was in. And do you know what I realized about Travis's story about how somebody told him that it's always a great day and that nobody cares if you're having a bad day, which I would like to add, of course people care if you're having a bad day, but I understand 
where he's coming from as a leader. I really do. And I'm sure the listeners do too. You know, there's a middle to everything. Yeah, you have to go about your day as if no one cares because you got to keep the grind going. You got to keep that strong, positive mindset. But again, I realized that Travis also learned his leadership skills from someone who practiced what they preached. You know, the guy told him, I'm never going to tell you I have a bad day. And if I do, I'll buy you lunch. And the guy actually didn't ever tell Travis that he had a bad day. I mean, that says a lot. That says more than, you know, all the talk. It's that guy went to work every single day and practiced that and worked on it. Not only that, it left an effective impression on Travis. It really impressed him and he learned leadership skills from that man originally because without maybe subconsciously without realizing it whatever that the whole time Dom was practicing what he was preaching he was having a great day every single day he woke up and decided his attitude so Travis latched on to that just like I latched on to my parents when my parents said you don't do bad things you do the right thing all the time and you can always have a good conscience and be confident. And to me, that was, well, they do that. So yeah, I'm going to do that too. And I want to leave that with other people as well. Make good decisions, take care of yourself, and then you'll be proud of yourself. Uh, it's amazing how little details like that bring themselves out in these, these really different stories. So this whole day and week segment that you have all heard so far were the local health and wellness business story, uh, which I talked about Marathon Madness. And then I went over the national story about the National Institute of Health's uh, small business funding and how that's affected North Carolina and coronavirus blood testing. Uh, Then management moment of the week, I went through my crazy talk, which again, guys, remember it might have been crazy. Maybe someday it'll be genius. I don't know when that'll be, but you all get to decide. Um, Then we went over why you have the time because you do in metacognition. Think about thinking. Understand the way you strategize and leave that comfort zone and develop new ways of becoming more efficient with your time. Think about the way you think. Old people and young people. Um, So we met Brittany Wheeler today, who is a very old, wise soul. And I actually did not get a chance to get a young old person, which would be a story um, about an impressively active older person who is really setting the bar and inspiring people around them, you know, young and old people to get that way now and, you know, be able to be confident enough and driven enough to stay that way your whole life. And again, this is being a fit person. So if you know an elderly person, person who's really young at heart and tries so hard to be young physically, maybe young in their mind, definitely reference them to me. Again, find me on social media, S-A-R-A-A-U-L-D. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. This is 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. You are listening to The Sarah Ald Show and we are wrapping it up here on a beautiful Friday. We will catch you all next week. Thank you for listening. Now streaming on Anchor and Spotify every Wednesday and Friday morning is the founder of Health Possible Inc., Sarah Ald's podcast. Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for holistic health care, and they are now airing how people in Wilmington are becoming independent away from government assistance, housing, illness, surgeries, 
and the many crippling factors that stop our community from growing as a whole. Now you, the listener, can fundraise for our local Wilmington nonprofit, Health Possible Inc., just by listening to Sarah Ald's podcast on Anchor and Spotify. This founder's podcast will include lifestyle insight through interviews with the nonprofit clients and other affiliates themselves, obstacles that they faced in their health and financial lives, all the way up to how they overcame them and accomplished their goals, thanks to Health Possible Inc.'s wellness financial aid. Health Possible Inc.'s overwhelming stories from the founder's eyes are here to help you as a listener. Tune in to Sarah Ald's podcast on Anchor and Spotify every Wednesday and Friday and help prosper every Wilmington household. Could you turn your life around with a holistic healthcare scholarship? Do you need guidance and the finances to improve your health and confidence from the right personal trainer, mental health counselor, or registered dietitian? Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for fitness, nutrition, and mental health care to improve the overall health of our community. Health Possible Inc. has been providing Wilmington's original wellness financial aid and care coordination since 2017, ready to help you by a simple application process at healthpossibleinc.org. If you are dependent in any aspect of your health, visit healthpossibleinc.org today and learn how we can be more independent together. Remember, life gets better when you do.